because people are going to stay somewhere for the experience. Mm -hmm. If you can first make people comfortable with your people, your format, and understanding who you are, they want to be pitched. My name is Matt Tanner, and this is Franchisees United. Welcome to episode five of the Franchisees United podcast. This is your host, Matt Tanner, and today I have the privilege of bringing on Julian Burka, a, a consultant owner, not a marketing agency. Um, Julian owns a consulting company called Empire Growth and works with gym franchises and multi-unit franchise owners across the country. Welcome to the show, Julian. Well, what an intro, what can I say? <laughs> so tell you know the audience today... We have a lot of franchisees that listen to the show, and tell us them a little bit about what you do for multi-unit owners, as well as you know the major gym fr franchises across the country. Yeah, for sure. So um, a little bit of background, because it's just a statement won't make sense. Uh, my business partner Sas and I came out of a long history, particularly out of the health and fitness industry. So cumulatively, over 15 years of actually operating gyms, like managing teams, I was managing personal training teams, marketing clubs. I'm more on the luxury side, and he was, you know, bringing everything first to market. Orange Theory, Fitness 19, and like, I mean, collectively, we personally sold millions of EFTs. Now, when we got into the like the consulting piece, I was kind of like the nerd behind the keyboard, doing all the ads, and you know, I was saying the crazy stuff <laughs> like, you know, I gotta get your CTR link up. Things nobody understood, and at the same time, Stas was operating more as an operations consultant and helping people, you know, close and retain their members. Right. When we crossed paths, um, it was actually with working a, with a Crunch franchisee together. We set some regional records, and we ended up actually closing our previous businesses and joining together. And our two skill sets basically evolved into a product where we I understand enough of digital marketing across every platform, and my, the network is huge. Mm -hmm. There is nothing digital that we can't do. But also with Stas's experience operationally and being inside of gyms, we also understand what needs to happen on like within the walls of your store in order to make money. So what we end up doing is we come to franchisees all across the United States and we basically sit down with you and we help map what are those revenue-driven actions. Some people need Facebook ads, some don't. Some need systems in place to automate what happens when a lead comes in so more people walk through the door. Some, frankly, just need to hire better people. Sure. Whatever it is, we come in very holistically and we will consult on the business, establish revenue-driven actions. We just happen to have the ability to execute on those in-house as well. Gotcha. That's interesting because I've always been a firm believer in you know the digital aspect and the marketing is only one piece to it. Whereas you still have to make sure you're running a business the right way. You have to hire the right people. You have to train the right people properly. You have to take care of your customers. Your ads can kill it all day, but that's only one small piece of the puzzle. It's just one lever. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell me about some of the, the major brands that you've worked with. I know Crunch is one of them. What are some of the other ones? Yeah, I mean like the two that we probably have the most experience in that are pretty well known. Crunch Fitness is one. Uh, we work with um, a lot of – well, pretty much all of Michigan is, <laughs> is ours and we have spent a lot of money in that market. Um, we're also working in New York right now with a couple of the franchisees, but uh, we're on contract for about 32 locations right now. And um, Just in the Crunch brand? Yeah, it's just in the Crunch right now. And uh, I mean, that's been going very well. Um, Legion's been fantastic. The pipeline's been full like for three years straight. 
So what's 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 your guys' number one method and what's your strategy like when it comes to lead gen for the Crunch brand? Yeah, so see, the, the one thing is that everybody does wrong is people are stuck in 2014 mindsets where, you know, they're, they're a digital clipboard, like going door to door and knocking and saying, like, hey, do you want to buy my crap? Right. And it just disrespects the sales process. Like, you've been to, like, in a mall, you've gone, like, somebody's approached you from a kiosk before, right? Yep. Yeah, don't you feel like, it's like gross. It's like. <laughs> I actually grew up in that business. Oh, no way. So wow. I grew up in so, the Annie Ann's pretzels business. So every person I would walk by our kiosk or store, we would try to throw a pretzel sample at them. Yeah, and people are very resistant to that, yeah. right? Yeah, like if you're walking around with your spouse and stuff and you're just there to shop and have a good time, the last thing you want to do is somebody selling something out of context. Exactly. And when you're going through, you know, Facebook, like you don't, people don't realize that this is the wrong action because you don't get to see the other person's like face when they see the ad, but you're still disrespecting the sales process. Now, you can succeed for like the first month because like, let's be honest, if you have 100,000 people in, in your audience, mm -hmm. if you knock on everybody's door, you're probably going to get 100 people to say yes. Right. Great. But what happens when you do that every single day, every single month? Three months later, nobody, nobody cares about your brand. Mm -hmm. Absolutely at all. You've burnt those audiences. And when you're a local business, that's it. You're done. Like mm -hmm. you, you've killed your pool. The amount of time and money it's going to take for you to have an influx of fresh love come in where you can then, you know, disrespect the sales process again and do direct response out of context. It, it just doesn't make sense. It's not a sustainable action is my point. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that we do is we talk about how do we create your customers? And this is through content marketing, otherwise known as branding. Right. And the one thing that, uh, and I think this is really interesting with franchises in particular because corporate's supposed to usually take care of this. Mm -hmm. But corporate's usually not, like in, in most cases, corporate's not equipped to market you contextually to the people around you. Right. Like you know, ultimately know the people in your neighborhoods, the, the faces that you see every day, what people respond to and don't. And at the end of the day, people are coming in and they're buying you. They're buying your front desk, they're buying your staff, your trainers, whatever. And you have to show those faces and you have to show what it's like to be within your walls to the people in your local area. That's how you develop interest because you're removing almost like approach anxiety. If I'm someone that's not in shape or even someone who is in shape mm -hmm. and I want to go to a gym, there's a lot of things that I don't know. Like, will the people look at me weird because, you know, I dropped my weights. That's a good point. Um, maybe, you know, I'm out of shape and like, I just really want to hop on the treadmill and not have people like laugh at me. Mm -hmm. Is the front desk like, is the girl snobby? Like, you know, these are all things that actually matter because people are going to stay somewhere for the experience. Mm -hmm. If you can first make people comfortable with your people, your format, and understanding who you are, they want to be pitched. And that's how you can have affordable legion literally for eternity. So basically you're saying don't pitch people right off the bat off your ads, but run content to get them familiar with your brand, your culture, who your business is. So how do you go about doing that? Because it's obviously easier said than done. Oh, absolutely. So this is one of the biggest things that we help our uh, what will help our franchisees with it's we actually will go into the walls of their gym, mm -hmm. pull out an iPhone. You actually don't need like a videographer. You can, but right. you really an iPhone is good enough these days. I think and, the 11 Pro is like three cameras now. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> look, look have? at this thing. Like this thing's <laughs> wild. Like we we didn't need a we don't need videographers when we have that. But yeah, so like we just walk in and we literally will handhold them. Like this is how you produce content, mm -hmm. and we will coach up the staff. We will coach if the owners are involved. We'll coach up the owners like. This is actually like how you take the right angles. This is how you make the room look spacious. And we'll coach you to make your own content. And now, like now that you have that and it's genuine to you, like that's a constant flow of content forever. And right. it's very affordable. It's already on your payroll. 
And uh, once we have that, like you just need somebody with the marketing know-how to direct you on what you need to make. Mm -hmm. People don't care what Sally had for breakfast in the morning, but you could make a friendly update about like for a pre-sales, for example, yeah. like, hey, we're out here at Tropical Smoothie. Uh, we have some awesome like crunch swag bags. Come by, check it out. We have a $3 million facility coming to town. Like, come on, like it's going to be right there. Come by, see what the hype's about. And a video that simple and amateur makes money. Yeah, and it gets good. It probably gets a lot of organic reach and shares and all that it's stuff. It's very authentic, and yeah. that's what people want to see. They don't want to see commercials. Yeah, and I think, you hit, I think you hit an important topic there, being able to empower and teach your existing staff that's already on payroll, whether they're an $8 or $10, $12 an hour employee. I know from a franchisee's perspective, even if they hire a marketing agency, I always tell the franchise owner, it's great that you have an agency running your ads, but you have to have someone at the local level that contributes with the basic social media, Facebook, right. Instagram, all that stuff. Because otherwise, it just looks like a distant social media effort. Whereas like we, an agency can run ads all day for you. But who's putting up the Instagram stories behind the counter? Yeah. Who's taking pictures with the customers? Local who's ones. engaging? So that stuff's really important. So. I know you consult for a lot of. I know you consult for a lot of individual locations and franchisees. So how do you go about teaching those franchise owners or maybe the GM of the location of empowering their staffs to get them to yeah. do that stuff? You tell them how to do it. You show them how to do that, and then they tell you how to do it, and then they show you how to do it. So, so do you recommend like franchisees to have one like social media manager per location, or how do you? What do you recommend it they really do? It depends your model, right? So, you know, today uh, we're trying to cut overhead a lot in a lot of models. Right. Um, I mean, it's obvious you want more money, yep. <laughs> right? So the, the issue is, like, you have to evaluate if you actually have the bandwidth realistically because in a lot of models, the general managers, you know, they just get burnt out. Yep. Like, they end up being the salespeople, the training people. For sure. Uh, they're all, and you know, they're supposed to be doing everything. They're customer responsible service. for the whole business. And then you're like, hey, I need you to be a creative genius and be a videographer. <laughs> yeah. no, no pressure, but if you don't, I'm going to fire you. you yeah, know? yeah. Like, you, you can't it's do not, that. not realistic. So you have to be smart in how you delegate. And, you know, there's times where if you're investing, if you're investing thousands of dollars into marketing to grow, mm -hmm. if it comes down to it, you should absolutely spend another thousand dollars to get the content. Mm -hmm. Because like in, in the grand scheme of things, it might take you like, three months to get into the black or see the profits that you want if you're doing that. Mm -hmm. But you need to do it because it's just going to go faster. If there's no point for you to put more strain on your staff to get amateur content because they're already overloaded. But this is where you have to, you know, this is where you need a consultant in a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. Because if you haven't been in the industry before and you logic through like, oh, dude, it takes like 60 seconds to make an Instagram video. Mm -hmm. It's a small stuff that's easiest to miss. Yeah. You have to give people like very limited tasks to have to focus their bandwidth on. So if you have the bandwidth and you have the staff, then yes, set up a social media lead. But in the majority of these models, you're probably already on the skeleton staff. Mm -hmm. So you have, you have to come to a decision of who is going to get that role. Can they realistically handle it? And if not, you need to have a backup of a contractor to come in when anything happens and the content there is not you know not being produced for the marketing team. Right. So do you? I know. Do you guys specifically run ads for these gyms, or you just teach them how to and oversee it? So typically, they're going to let us do it um, okay. because you know, even if they want to do it in house, and we built some in house teams for them, mm -hmm. um, the learning curve is like it takes a long time. I'm sure as you know, like media buyers, like there's a million out there, but yeah. very few know what they're doing. Right. And then to try to get it industry specific. Yeah, even harder. Yeah. So we already have a full blown team. Uh, if somebody comes, if you know, somebody comes to us and like, hey, help us, and mm -hmm. we say, hey, 
you know, you need digital ads, you make, you stand to make money there. Mm-hmm. Typically, um, they will, they will pass that role over to us. We'll manage the relationships and make sure that's getting results. Gotcha. So to all the, the gym franchisees that are listening to this, say they are somewhat savvy with running ads and doing digital marketing, but they still don't have a full understanding of the strategy or the process behind it. Can you kind of give them some insight? Like what are, what are three steps they should take right now to run in successful Facebook campaigns? I'm going to give you the full freaking like. Let's hear thing. it. I'm here's excited. The, here's I'm excited. the quote unquote secret sauce. I'm going to ruin it for you guys at the end, by the way. So <laughs> disclaimer, but here, here's the deal in terms of ad structure, Facebook is trying to make it easier and easier and easier and easier right. for consumers to see stuff they want to buy. Right now, as an advertiser, this is good for you because that means you have to put in less effort, mm-hmm. right? Broad audiences is what works best. So let's just say, I don't know, we're a CrossFit studio mm-hmm. and, uh, the first thing. So hold on, let me interrupt you right there, because the last the last episodes we just had on was two Orange Theory franchisees. Hmm. So I want you to tailor it to let's, the Orange let's, Theory brand. Let's, let's talk Orange Theory. Yeah. yeah, I love this. Okay, so Orange Theory. First of all, who are you going after? Well, this is you know, and males and females can come in here, mm-hmm. but these models typically um, you're going to have more of a female population. Um, it's not very affordable. It's not a ten dollar a month membership. It's a little higher ticket, between hundred to two hundred typically. Right. Okay, great. So. We're probably looking for some of those soccer moms, the ones that are staying at home for at least those early portions of the day. Mm-hmm. We definitely want some of the professionals. So we may not want to go into like the 18-year-old and the younger range. We probably want to go 25 and up or even go after parents. Right. So now that we've established our demographic, the next thing you need to go is into location. What I advise is this. When you're setting up your campaigns, you're going to have your campaign run a lead form um, campaign to start. Uh, landing pages and all that, it's like a second step if your lead forms aren't working. Mm-hmm. But these, these things just name number, email, done. So lead form, the first thing that you want to do is target everybody that fits the age and gender that you're looking for within the mile radius you're looking for. I recommend testing a one-mile radius, testing a three-mile radius, and testing a five-mile radius. Okay. The way you're going to know, like for any gym owners doing this themselves, you need to label the... Um, the lead form differently, so you can see what lead form they came in from to see where you're getting more of your customers. Got you. So that's one thing. Now this is a technique called carpet bonding because you're not going granular at all. No interest, like no placements, no nerdy stuff. Just everybody in a mile radius. That's the right gender that, that can come in. Mm-hmm. When you go into your ads, you want to demonstrate your product. So stop doing like the banner ads, like seven day pass. Nobody cares. <laughs> they really don't. Like your offer is not fantastic. And I know there's gyms out there doing like, you know, get 30 days free, get 90 days free. You're never going to make money. You've got to get freeloaders. Give people mm-hmm. a one-day pass. That's all you need. Like if somebody's either going to buy or not off their first experience. For sure. So give them a one-day pass. Show the product in action. Take your phone. Put it sideways in your class. Mm-hmm. Left, right, slow pan, right back there. 15 seconds to 60 seconds. Boom, done. You have a magical creative. Super easy, right? Very complicated stuff. So you, so you pair that creative with the lead form? Correct. So you're basically showing the person that lives in that one to five mile radius, hey, this is our gym, here's a lead form, would you like a free pass? That's more, more or less. And on okay. the copywriting, you know, don't be, a, don't be a hard salesman. Like I hate the stuff that's like, attention Michigan, Yeah. we're looking for 39 women and there's like only six days up, like everybody knows that this is fake, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just so you're be, saying just dumb it down, make it simple. Yeah, like one of our best converted copies was um, f- find your strength in numbers. Like our classes are designed to make you burn calories every way imaginable. Mm-hmm. The end. No call to action. The but the headline was like get a free VIP pass. 
boom, done. Hundreds of leads, like four bucks a pop. Wow. So what's what's considered in the industry between, you know, whether it's Crunch, Orange Theory, CrossFit Gyms, any franchise fitness brand in the industry, what's like a good average cost for leads? Um, Eight to thirteen dollars is typically the range that we operate on for like an unqualified lead. What I mean by that is just giving your name, number, email. There's no other. You said eight. You said eight to thirteen. Eight to thirteen. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, There's obviously variances, you know. Um, Right, right. But for people listening, if you have a very small population size, Facebook will be probably a little bit more expensive for you. Um, If you also uh, have a very niche model, so for example, if you're a women's only, very high ticket personal training Mm -hmm. studio. You, you got to get comfortable with thirty to fifty dollars leads. It's just the reality of the matter. Mm-hmm. Um, the narrower the audience, the more expensive it is. Um, but anyway, yeah, eight to thirteen, and then for some models like Orange Theory, similar, um, we'll typically see between ten to twenty-five, uh, just because of the price point barrier. Because the price is a higher ticket. Yep. Yeah, but obviously you can spend more to acquire customers, so it's all good. Gotcha. So, like, are you guys familiar with like lifetime value on a client Correct. or on a customer? Yeah, yes. So, so do you? It, you know, how much do you factor the math into that, you know, lead cost versus your lifetime value? That's a fantastic question. So I think, first of all, that every single gym owner needs to do this because you're in the business of subscriptions, you know, mm-hmm. in the business of that first month. Um, so if you don't know your numbers on that, like, that's your first problem. You, you need to know that. Now, right. in terms of, for us, um, if you're a high-volume gym, so like a crunch, you charge 10 to 30 bucks a month, I mean, you have to base it off lifetime value. You, you can't possibly hold the expectation that, you know, we're going to be able to get you uh, a, spend $10 to get $10 a month. For um, sure. That's just not realistic in today's world. But if you're like a, you know, a Red Effect, an Orange Theory, a Cross the Box, if you're charging over $100, it's very realistic to be able to at least meet that. We always coach our clients that are above three digits. Like our goal as your marketing agency in this case is to spend no more than your first month of dues. We would love for you to basically net zero on the first month because that means every single month you it's just sheer profit and there is no loss on your marketing expense. Yeah. In other words, a self-liquidating funnel. That's that's the nerd stuff. Well, that's interesting <laughs> because I think a lot of franchisees have the perspective of, oh, if I spend two thousand, three thousand a month, I want to make at least that back that month. And in the subscription model, to me, it's like your whole business is around getting people in there as paying customers keeping them happy and making them lifetime customers because, you know, in the franchise world, you know, you have your contribution margin and when you just add additional sales to it, your expenses remain the same, right. but your revenues continue to grow and that drastically increases your profitability. You need to, yeah. So I think like this comes into the conversation of short-term versus long-term vision. And mm-hmm. the one thing I have to give a shout out to, uh, to the crunch franchises, like I've never met people that actually held a macroscopic view and have continued to stay along that. We are opening a new gym. It's mm-hmm. very common now to spend $20,000 just on brand awareness mm-hmm. within like the first two weeks. Right. It's bonkers. Like yeah. nobody else is doing that. But when we look at the actual like what what am I spending to get in front of people? Mm-hmm. We're hitting a quarter million to you know, half a million people in these cities like eight times. And now when the grassroots teams are heading out, everybody knows who crunches. When I'm serving lead ads, we're getting a dollar lead. And next thing you know, we're able to get them 5,000 leads in a month. It's expensive, but more than not, they've actually recouped their investment by the time they open their doors. It's yep. just the difference is like, you know, they've understood that even if I lose money for the next three years, the fact of the matter is I'm going to eventually need a quarter million of memberships for the amount of gyms I'm opening. Mm-hmm. It's all good if I'm investing now for people to know who I am because I know I'm not going to stop selling for the next 10 years. Right. That's like – and. 
they, they have some of the fastest growth, at least in, in, in the Northeast, yeah. of anybody else. And it's directly correlated for sure. More yeah. people need to think like that. Yeah, and like that's the big thing with like the food industry, which is my background versus the gym industry, is typically the food industry, you're looking at five and 10 year leases. Whereas when you invest in a crunch fitness or a huge gym, I mean, you're that's looking around. at that's a 20 plus year lease yeah. slash investment. So it's, it's just important that franchisees understand like, look, you can't be scared to lose money or to really invest into your business the first few years, if right? If you're going to spend 100 grand starting up and you're scared to put 10 grand to get people to walk through the doors, it's so dumb. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know what else to say. I can't I can't <laughs> stop from that. Um, you know, the one thing I always felt so bad about, there was an individual we were trying to help mm -hmm. and a competitor opened up right next to him and he lost literally 2,000 members overnight. Really? Yeah, it was catastrophic, right? And you know what his answer was? $40,000 in new equipment. Yeah. He thinks just buying nicer equipment is going to get everyone back. The days of building them to come are long gone. Yeah. If you think that you're going to open up a CrossFit box, orange shit, I don't care what model it is. Yeah. You want to do a personal training in-house, it doesn't matter. Nobody is coming to you. <laughs> There's so much competition. Yeah. Everyone's bidding for everybody's attention. It's, it's insane. So I know you, you've worked with the Tuscaloosa Crunch before, right? Um, we haven't necessarily worked with them. They have their own in-house marketing team, but okay. we've had a lot of dialogue with them. Got you, got yeah. you. So it's funny because my tropical smoothie at the time was in Midtown Village, which is literally a quarter mile down the street across the road from, from that location. Yeah. And there's a Planet Fitness above us. And we had did so – I mean literally you walk up the stairs from our tropical smoothie and you go up two flights of stairs and you're inside Planet yeah. Fitness – so you can imagine how much business we got from the Planet Fitness with people that just walk out of the gym after a workout, that's come downstairs, and they walk position. right in. Yeah. So we're right underneath them. So long story short, a crunch opened up, what would you say, like half a mile? Half a mile down the road, right? If that. At most. At most half a mile crunch down the road. Crunch likes to do that. They're, they're <laughs> very – and, uh, you know, it's crazy what that, that, that business model – what that brand has done as a business model because – to me, it's like it's the same price point as as Planet Fitness, but this it's way bigger. At least this location yeah. was. It was what three or four times at least the four or five yeah. times the size of the Planet Fitness. And there's some big Planet Fitnesses, and then there's some smaller crunches. Right. But this place was like a state of the art facility. I mean, and it it, it just had the most incredible equipment, saunas. I mean, it's everything. It's value in fitness. Honestly, today, yeah, a lot of models like Blink, Snap, Fitness 19, Planet. Yeah. Yeah, Crunch just destroys all of them. It's incredible. So, so you know, we, we obviously, we interviewed some Orange Theory franchisees this last episode, and, you know, we they, they just love the Orange Theory model. I yeah. think, and, you know, to me, there's nothing I love better than, like, a subscription model that's higher ticket. I, I think that's, Agreed. like, the best of both worlds. So. Agreed. What's some specific advice you would give Orange Theory franchisees just because the ticket the ticket value or the tick, the ticket average is so high on subscriptions? What's some advice you would give them to acquire some some new businesses like specific tactical advice whether it's Facebook ads and what you would do within those ads or maybe Instagram stories, swipe ups like what are some specific things you've seen that that work really well? So the first thing is pre-sales, mm -hmm. go all in. As much as you can spend. Yep. That is the single biggest time we're going to have the most curiosity around your product. Right. And Orange Theory is established. Everybody knows what it is. If you yeah. spend really heavy, you will get people to come in because there's no education that's really needed. Mm -hmm. um, the second thing is it's actually not advertising related. You know what the biggest bottleneck in everybody is? What's that? Taking digital leads and actually getting those people through the door. I'm not going to lie. Like Almost everybody can generate leads these days. It's yeah. the easiest part. 
it's not hard anymore. So it's basically. the process of calling them and, and getting them in? Is well, that what you're saying? Yeah, but here's the thing. So what people don't realize is like, you know, back in the day, the customer service standards were like 24-hour response, mm-hmm. right? Like people were proud of that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, now it's an hour. <laughs> well, even it's an hour is too long. Yeah. For Facebook leads at least. Yep. And Facebook leads, if you don't if you don't contact somebody within the first 60 seconds, your likelihood of getting on the phone with them it goes down 400%. Really? Oh, yeah. We've, we've measured this across thousands and thousands and thousands of leads. That's insane. So what we did, and here's what's what's interesting, is like when we originally got started in the space mm-hmm. of, of helping these uh, gyms such as Facebook ads, like I, I will never forget this. We, we generated this client something just asinine, like a 1,200 leads in a month. So we literally went to the club, popped champagne, we're like, we're going to be rich. <laughs> And then how, much, get, how much did they spend to generate that type, that amount of leads? It was uh, three thousand. It was three thousand. That's incredible. It was a very like that's not typical. Yeah, yeah. really good content, great market. Yeah. Um, they were very good people, so people knew who they were in the community. Right. But you know what's funny? We got a, a call from the client the next day. He's like, he was pissed. Really? Yeah, because he was like, man, I made nothing on my on my investment last month, and I was just like, my mind was blown. I'm like, how bad do you have to be to not close like even like two percent of twelve hundred leads? Like that's what he would have needed to break even, right? Two per like two percent. So, so know, what do you think he was missing? Well, you know, so when we dive into it, I mean, just think about that. What if I gave you twelve hundred leads? Yeah. Like tomorrow, mm-hmm. you, there's no chance you're gonna work them. There's too many. Yeah. Right. And then on top of that, like you know that money's in the follow up. How are you gonna stay follow up with like twelve hundred leads? Right. You can't. And are you gonna be able to be punctual, like literally within sixty seconds around the clock with mm-hmm. twelve hundred leads? No. And what happens when, you know, it's after business hours, majority of the leads don't come in while you're open. They mm-hmm. come in at night when people are home from work yeah. or early in the morning before you open. Mm-hmm. So th- the whole point is like we realized very quickly is like this model is not going to work for us unless, you know, we can fix this. And we actually developed our own system to enable pr- anybody. But, you know, we built this out particularly for gym owners mm-hmm. so that your conversations are automated. Like we've completely removed pretty much 90% of all the sales efforts and now, all you do is you let the automations do their thing, you wake up in the morning, and you're like, oh, cool. I got like 16 people that came in last night, conversations, this person wants to come in today, this person is asking for next week. All you do is book. So what are the automations through, like what platform? So it's actually our own proprietary platform. Okay. So it's we, we extend that to anybody who works with us. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's custom built, everything's custom. So whatever your sales process is, an orange theory, red effect, a high ticket, low ticket, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Like we will, we will eliminate your need to be punctual. We'll let the automation do it. We'll also eliminate your need to follow up because we'll do it. And this is kind of like a sneak peek, but we've actually began to staff people to book your leads for you. So now there's zero operational strain for you on booking leads. All you gotta do is close them when they walk through the door. Gotcha, that's interesting. That's actually, uh... I mean, that removes a lot of the labor for the franchisees of, of the salespeople. And, you know, I think what's important, honestly, I didn't even know that, that, uh, like the industry standard is like 60 seconds. What did you say? It was 400%? Yeah, it's gigantic. Yeah. Yeah. If there's not instantaneous outreach. And the reason why, because uh, I'm assuming there's people listening that are going to be like, wait, that, like, is that really true? Yeah. Here's why. Like, you're scrolling through, you're looking at cat memes. You're not, you're not trying to buy anything. Yeah. Right. I'm interrupting you with an ad, whether it's brand awareness or not. Mm -hmm. So regardless, your intent at that moment is brief. Maybe I get 30 seconds of your life. Mm -hmm. You're not going to remember who I am a day from now. So I have to get you right there because that's, that's when you're thinking about me. If I wait five minutes, it is too late. That's crazy. (laughs) It's the future. I mean, goldfish attention spans. The average view time on Facebook is less than two seconds now. 
Yeah. I mean, I don't know why people think they can wait 24 hours. You definitely can't. Yeah. You have less than two seconds in most cases now. It's funny because I, uh, a while back when I was in the market for a car, I would go on all these different sites and I would be hit with ads and I would inquire for, for a vehicle. And I, I honestly think it was probably 30 seconds later getting calls. So. And chances are you had a conversation with the first person. Yeah. Everybody else, you get you put on the client. Yep. It's the same thing. If somebody opts into your gym, they're opting into the other. Mm-hmm. If someone's getting your coupon for the food industry, they're also getting the others. Yeah. So it's up to you to, you know, they're, they're begging to be sold. They're not sold because they've come lead. So the longer you wait, it's just a disservice to you. So for, for franchisees that own gyms, you know, I, I guess my question is on Facebook. We talked a lot about Facebook ads. Yep. When you run Facebook campaigns, are you allowing it to, you know, automate into Instagram or are you running Instagram ads separately and... Have you seen a lot of success with Instagram ads and leads? I mean, we could probably do like a 30-episode segment on what how you should treat each platform. Yeah. But here, here, here's like the, the top three things. Facebook, pages, organic reaches is dead. So if you're posting and you're not paying, stop. It's worth. It's not even worth it. Yeah. Um, what you want to do is create a Facebook group. Facebook groups actually have priority over anything in the newsfeed right. organically. Um, so that's one piece there. Um, in terms of advertising... Facebook, it, it, it kind of just does depend on the demographic. Mm -hmm. If you are looking for a younger populace, then Instagram tends to be better. Um, but almost always, Facebook just absolutely dominates when it comes to cost per lead. So mm -hmm. believe it or not, we, we probably put 75% of our budgets into Facebook. Now, Instagram is a little bit weird because Instagram's organic reach recently was pretty much destroyed. Yeah. So, Very recent, last few months, pretty much. Right. And it, for the record, the reason Giant Agency is because there's like 98 algorithm changes here. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so because of that, your posts and hashtagging, it's not as straightforward anymore. It's mm -hmm. kind of the same deal. you got to pay to play. Um, now, the, the one thing that I guess a lot of people don't know, though, is if you're going to be paying to promote content, you shouldn't be selling people in that. Put out value because one, it's more affordable. It's when you're running like an engagement campaign, mm -hmm. your cost of distribution is one third of what it is if you're doing like leads. Yeah. And once people start to engage with you and follow you and like your page, you need to sell like crazy in stories because stories almost have 100% distribution in your following. That's where organic is not dead. So, so the Instagram and Facebook stories or mainly the Facebook Instagram stories don't get much. So Instagram stories. Yeah. So yeah. one of the things that we've done for, uh, we have a client in, Gainesville, Virginia, CPMs are just ridiculous. It's mm -hmm. a pretty wealthy area. So, um, you know, we were just getting destroyed trying to run leads for her. And we're like, all right, we're not going to do that. We're going to do brand awareness all day and stories every single day. What's the offer? What's the offer? What's the offer? Like snippets of the class. Try it. Um, sign up today. I'll give you 50% off. I'll give you boxing gloves for free. Mm -hmm. It was just like ridiculous every single day. But we would spend pennies on a dollar to get somebody in. And then that person would see 98 sales pitches for free. Right. So, yeah, like, of course, they would convert. Yeah, for sure. So the yeah. Facebook video engagement ads, yes. we've seen in the food industry that we've run we've run them and getting like fractions of a penny per view. Yep. So going back to what you were saying about doing videos of the gym and like the atmosphere and everything, what are you seeing in cost for that when you run those types of ads? I mean, it, the highest you should be paying is two cents for an engagement. Okay. And... Uh, Typically, we're gonna, we would recommend if you're running video views, you'll want to optimize for through play. So that's about 15 seconds. Mm -hmm. um, if you're spending more than 20 cents on it, like it's, it's a really bad video. Um, you, you should be <laughs> underneath 10, like 10 cents. Uh, what ends up happening is if you're running an engagement campaign and a video views, and this is a 
pretty sick hack. But for brand awareness, yeah, you need to keep in mind that each engage each objective, there's people that Facebook thinks fit that bucket, right? So if I do engagement, Facebook thinks that of your hundred thousand person audience, I think thirty thousand are likely to engage with this. Video views will hit a different pool of people, right? Mm -hmm. So for to get the most people, you actually would run both objectives. But anyway, I guess I was a little. No, no worries. So it's pretty granular. But anyway, to answer your question, yeah. um, anywhere from one cent to two cent, um, like to get general engagements or low, uh, low intent videos, yeah. uh, video views. Um, but if you're going to go for through play around 10 cents, but honestly, I wouldn't even necessarily look at those. If you expand your analytics, mm -hmm. you have the ability to see how much of a video somebody's watched. And this is probably like the most ninja thing on Facebook collectively that people don't know about, but yeah. You can literally pick only the people interested to to solicit. Think of it like email, like building an email list. Mm -hmm. This is like the old tried and true. I'm going to spend $100. I'm going to get 50 emails. And I'm going to solicit them forever. It's going to be great. Make a ton of money. Well, the problem is what's the open rate, right? Like it doesn't really work that well. And when you actually break it down, it's very expensive. Mm -hmm. You can do this same kind of opt-in on Facebook by paying one penny for somebody to watch it. But because they're on Facebook, they can't opt out. There's 100% retargetability. Mm -hmm. I can pre-qualify you for a penny, and then I can make sure that because you know my gym, because you know my people, because you know my environment, now when I hit you with an ad, it's contextual. Mm -hmm. It's not out of the blue. Yeah. It is the most affordable way in existence right now, like literally of any advertising platform, to pre-qualify people by interest and then hit them with ads. Yeah. We've had a lot of experience doing that for franchisees, and I, I like I love that model. I love being able to retarget people based on how long they've watched a certain video. I think in, you know, for some of our food franchises we've worked with, we've went with anywhere over twenty five percent. So if they've watched, you know, fifteen seconds of a minute video, or even thirty or forty five seconds of a minute video, we would retarget people and run ads against them, and then we would. Maybe not retarget people that watched a few seconds of the right. video because obviously it's going to drive costs up and everything. Your highest conversions are going to be in the higher percentage uh, video video views or video watches for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I think I think that's really good insight and valuable information to a lot of franchisees. So what else you want to talk about? What else should should franchise owners know? Maybe not even in the gym industry, but you know, because I, I one concept I wanted to kind of touch on here is it's. A lot of times when you're dealing with corporate franchises and you're the franchisee, whether you're working with an agency or you're doing it yourself, there's so many different things that you have to be careful of right. because they have this huge brand. They might have 500 or 1,000 locations. So there's creatives you might need to get approved first. Yep. Have you run into that? Oh, my God. Because <laughs> I've seen a lot of franchises yeah. where like they have a very thorough process where, hey, if you've custom created a video or even a picture sometimes yeah, it has to go it's like it has to go through corporate and by the time it gets through all those people it's like it's two weeks later all of a sudden and you don't even feel like doing it now so have you yeah. seen that as a consulting company what do, what do you how do you get through that it's a pretty big bottleneck i'm not gonna lie that's a that's a definitely a challenge it, it does depend your model like I know, like I love kickboxing, for example. Like they have a very robust like corporate marketing team. There's not necessarily a ton of flexibility on what you would do there. But like something like Crunch and um, even Orange Theory, you know, there is there is flexibility. Um, the biggest thing that I would recommend on that is, you know, if, usually you're going to have a marketing person 
uh, in corporate, you, you have to have good rapport with that person. Yeah. If you don't and they don't like you, dude, you're, you're, you're done. <laughs> you are done. For sure. So, I mean, I can't tell you, like, I know with Red Effect, I'm probably on the phone with the, the marketing, um, with the corporate marketing person, like, six times a day. Really? Some crunch? Um, this is with Red Effect. Oh, yeah. Red Effect. I mean, there's been some days I've literally, like, called her, like, 7 a.m., 9 a.m., 11 a.m., 3 yeah. a.m., 5 p.m., 8 p.m. I'm like, hey, what's up? <laughs> I have another question for you. Um, but, you know, because of that, though, it's... One is um, because I'm, I don't want to say I'm doing their job, but I'm pushing the needle on these things. Mm-hmm. It does help them. And they respect that. And it's helped us where I have an idea or there's something that one of my franchisees need. I'm like, hey, like, can you do me a solid? Mm-hmm. And that's helped push things along. And it's just, you know, at that point, it's just human connection and having a good relationship with corporate. And also, you know, having the balls to say, no, this is stupid. You have to do that sometimes. Yeah. And, and a lot of franchisees are just like, yes, men, like, you know, the rule, you know, rules are rules, but at the same time, you know, you got a business to run and if it you, makes you, you money have to do what you think is best and you, you know, you have to sometimes deal with the repercussions yeah. of, of trying something. And, you know, I think it's important, you know, it's obviously important for brands to uphold their, their standards and you can't have just anybody posting just anything about a franchise brand. Right. But at the same time, I feel it's so important to have localized content because people don't like seeing stock images and videos of a, of a franchise brand. It just it doesn't perform well right. via ads or social media in general. So the, the biggest thing that I would say though to just like if I had to give one piece of advice though to franchisees in general, mm-hmm. all of the stuff you're gonna deal with from a quote like from a marketing like standpoint, like, oh I gotta make the creatives. Ads are hard, algorithms always changing, Facebook sucks, mm-hmm. I have a corporate person. Those are just inconveniences. Hire somebody to deal with that because you should not be putting your time there. The biggest thing every single person needs to work on, though, is what happens after the lead comes in. The, this, the biggest challenge will never be the lead. It's getting easier and easier. In three years, it's mm-hmm. going to be cake on Facebook, in spite of everything. LinkedIn's getting more robust. It's going to be easier and easier to get corporate deals. Google is really not hard. Like You can get leads like crazy. Mm-hmm. There are so many different ways to get people's name, number, email. That's not going to be difficult. It's going to get easier and easier. Mm-hmm. The thing that everybody does not understand, though, is the sales process in between. All the corporate sales like assets you're ever going to have is going to be, what happens when that person walks through the door? There's almost nobody addressing how do you get that person online to walk through the door. Right. That's the bottleneck for every single client we've ever had. For sure. And if you fix that, it doesn't matter if you spend 10 times more on your leads than the next guy. Because if you get those people through the door, you're going to be okay. You're going to have a successful business. That's it. The systems piece is key. And it's like, I just, the one thing I don't want is like, you know, Facebook, Instagram, marketing actions, they're super important to understand. But I, I personally believe it's so that you can evaluate if the person doing it for you is doing a good job. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like if I was a franchisee and I was looking at it, whatever my costs are on that, I'm always going to look to see what can I do to convert more of what I'm getting. Right. That is the biggest revenue-driven action you can do today. Right. That's like, the, that's the what's most important. Like that's where the mic drop is. Like. For sure. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Well, awesome, man. I appreciate everything. You know, I appreciate you coming on the episode, and and I think so many franchisees really need this advice because they're caught. Sometimes they're caught somewhere in the middle. You know, they want to hire an agency or they don't, and then they talk to corporate about it, and they're not sure what to do, and then. Corporate as a preferred agency, and then that agency is not getting them results. So I think you know what I'm hearing is most important is two things. One, the franchisee needs to make sure their sales process is in place because otherwise those leads and ads don't even matter. Correct. And two, just understanding 
what's a good result, you know, and even if you are hiring an agency or working with a consultant like you, you know, understanding what's, you know, what an average lead should cost and, and the results that they're getting you and being able to evaluate and analyze all of that stuff. So I think it's important for, for franchisees to understand that. Yeah, 100%. And the solution to that, FYI, is just hire somebody who has industry experience. So how can someone reach out? How can someone get in touch with you? What's the best way? Well, my phone number is 248-977-6146. Text One more time. That was, that was fast. 248-977-6146. You can also find us online at empiregrowth.agency. Um, you can always, always reach out. Um, but yeah, I mean, like at the end of the day, anybody reaches out, whatever industry you're in, if I can help you, I'm going to tell you. If I can't, I know someone who can't. And I will gladly connect you. And I don't do like referral charges and stuff. That's stupid. But at the end of the day, if you're going to hire somebody, make sure they have industry experience so they, they can talk your lingo. They need a, You have to have a solution that works for your business. It actually makes sense like operationally within your four walls. And then the second thing is don't be afraid to negotiate. There's people who, you know, they're scared to lose money on it and they want a performance-based relationships for us. Great. I love that. Because I'm going to make more money that way. Mm -hmm. But that's something that a lot of people don't realize you could do. Everything's negotiable, especially in marketing. For so sure. get the, talk to them. Make sure they understand your industry. And if they really are confident, they will absolutely move to you know something that's beneficial for you financially as well as them. Definitely. Well, appreciate you coming on the episode. Um, thanks, guys, for listening. This was Episode 5 of Franchisees United. Make sure to, to check us out on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, at Franchisees United. And we're now on YouTube as well if you'd like to subscribe.